The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. And welcome back, everybody, to Benched with Bubba. This will be episode 12. We are brought to you by thesportsdgens.com. Check us out, thesportsdgens, on Twitter at thesportsdgens. I will once again be your host, uh, Bubba. Find me on Twitter at BDNTrick. On episode 12, I am joined once again. He's been on Benched with Bubba previously. He's a member of the Sports DGNs. Uh, Duncan, you can find him at PowerD underscore picks. Duncan, how are we doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, it's, uh, it's finally getting cold where I'm at. It's about 50 degrees outside. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny you say that. I I try not to be that guy either because you're down there. You're, you're you're down there in Texas, I believe. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm out here in California, and uh, I laughed today because I went outside and there was actually frost out, and I was complaining. And uh, <laughs> and, and I, I I get the look from people that I'm the asshole because it's frosting, and then it started mm-hmm. raining today, and I'm the asshole. Um, yep. So I totally understand. I was mad because I, I was cold and it was 58 and I was trying to golf and it was 58. Um, yeah. Our buddies totally. in like Wyoming and Canada are, uh, have already been getting snow for like a month. So yeah, I saw, I saw people tweeting, complaining about slipping on black ice and I'm sitting there going, I'm mad because I'm walking through wet grass. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tough out here. It's tough. It's tough. Um, but it's the way it works. But uh, good. This should be fun tonight. We got all kinds of good stuff. Uh, the sports world, it's crazy. It's holiday season. It's college football season. It's NFL, college basketball. Um, there's so much more going on. But this is going to consume Bench with Bubba episode 12. Um, last episode with Doc, we got deep into it. Uh, we're going to get even deeper now because the college football playoffs they are official. The conference title games have happened. Um, they they were, they were a little closer than expected. Most things kind of hashed out the way most of us thought, kind of. And the final four stayed the same as expected. You have Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Washington. Any, any surprises in your final four, Duncan, or you kind of see it that way as well? Um, I mean, it's, it's not a surprise to me. Um, I think outside of the diehard Michigan – Maybe the Penn State fans could have a could have an argument, um, but I think it. I, th- I think it's the four teams. If you're gonna have four, I think those are the four that you're gonna have in. You have obviously your Alabama. You have your ACC champ. You have um, the Pac-12 champ. Big Twelve didn't have a title game, and everyone there had two or more losses, so Big Twelve was kind of automatically eliminated. And then things just kind of got tricky in the Big Ten. Um, I am a pretty firm believer that you should win your conference to have to play for a national title. But for me, that's contingent on not having the stupid rules that they currently have with the divisional setup in the conference, because you get instances like this year where you could argue the top two teams did not play in their conference championship game. And so until those rules change, I think, I I don't think Penn state, and Penn State fans can be too upset at the fact that they won their conference because they, you know, were kind of the second or even third ranked team in their conference for most of the year. Yeah, I com- I completely agree. Uh, the Big Ten, and many may argue, I I feel, and it's not just be being biased as a Wisconsin fan. I feel 
it was the best conference in football this year. And um, the Big Ten title game was the weekend before, and it was at 9 a.m. Pacific time on ABC. And it was it was Michigan versus Ohio State. That was yeah. your Big Ten title game. And it, yeah. was, one hell, it was one hell of a football game. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it was. And as long, like you said, as long as the setup is the way it is where it's unbalanced and you're not going to get get the best two teams technically or whatever, however you want to phrase it, playing each other for the title game, well, that's the situation you're going to be dealt. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. Penn State, as we – I think this is the third straight podcast I've discussed Penn State now. And um, they should be thrilled with the situation they are in. There's nothing to be ashamed about of being the Big Ten champion, mm-hmm. about going to the Rose Bowl. I've, I've, vis- I've gone to the Rose Bowl twice. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it, really cool. It is an awesome atmosphere. It is, it's a hundred and or ninety something thousand people, I think, or eighty five thousand, so it is, and it's just awesome, mm-hmm. awesome. And yeah. for a program, for a program that has gone through what it's gone through, and rightfully so, it did it to itself. It is, um, it's good for what what it's good for them to get back on the map the right way, and mm-hmm. uh, it's good to see. So they should take it, enjoy it, keep building your program, mm-hmm. and we know. And Oklahoma's and- on. And one more thing on Penn State. Yeah. I know we're going to kind of jump to a different one real quick. And I think all Penn going. State fans can be beyond ecstatic about how this season went. I mean, if they're being honest and looking themselves in the mirror, that they, yep. they probably would have never, ever, ever dreamed that they would have even be playing in the Big Ten championship game, nonetheless winning it. And oh, yeah. on top of the divisions being so stupid, I think, I think teams like Penn State – they still might not have gotten in just because they did have two losses and all the teams that got in were either undefeated or had one loss. But preseason rankings end up screwing teams over so badly. Like Penn State were nowhere near anyone's top 25. And then it took them beating Ohio State, which was an incredible win, to even – I don't even know. They might have been ranked like 23rd or 24th, but I don't even know if they were ranked before that win, and they jumped all the way to like 11. That's a Um, great – that's a great point right there. Sorry to cut you off, but that's that is that's something worth looking into actually because I don't even know where they were ranked going into that game because I know they weren't ranked preseason. There's no chance in hell. But yeah, uh, yeah but yeah, that's a good point. Continue where you were. I just, that's a very I just yeah, I can't remember if I they they must have already had their two losses because once they beat Ohio State, they didn't lose again and they just kept climbing the ranking. So I want to say they were unranked because they were probably five and two, six and two, something like that. And then they beat Ohio state and they jumped all the way to whatever they were, but the preseason rankings, you would always see it in the old BCS system, you know, where if one team starts off as fifth and the other starts off as 20th, if they both end the season with one loss, the fifth place team is always going to finish higher than the 20th place team. It doesn't matter who you beat. It doesn't matter how things stack up. You're not going to jump them if you start that far behind. And so if they're going to have the playoff rankings uh, start midseason, it only makes sense that that's when you truly start to look at rankings as a whole and totally disregard any preseason or even first two, three weeks rankings. Yeah, and that's something that people have been saying for a while now, especially since once the BCS started. And I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Because it's a valid argument. Yeah, uh, rankings draw ratings though, and so those are never going to go away. No, nah, it's true because like like opening weekend, even Wisconsin LSU, which that LSU team with less miles and the one at the yeah. end with Eddie O are two different teams. Mm-hmm. Um, that I I still will say to this day, if that Eddie O team plays Wisconsin at Lambeau Field, they beat Wisconsin. It's I mean I'm sorry, it's, it's yeah, it, it's true. I, I'm LSU, I'm a Wisconsin fan. I see. Yeah, LSU. Yeah. For as horrible as they looked under Les Miles, they were completely transformed. Mm-hmm. And it, it, they didn't score against Alabama. Not many teams do score very much against Alabama, but they held them to 10 points. Yeah. That was yep. beyond Amazing. incredible, their game they played mm-hmm. against Alabama. And I think if you look at a lot of the Vegas rankings, I think LSU is in most top 10s out there. Yeah, LSU with Eddie O is an outstanding ball club this season. Um, yeah. Definitely, yeah. That that's a whole other 
tangent that yeah. <laughs> we're talking about. But um, yeah. so, yeah, so we got that. The final floor, it is what it is. It's And like a lot of people have said, it's pretty much Alabama and everybody else. But the thing is, and we've seen it in the past, especially with a lot of these really good coaches, and you can't take it away from any of them because they all are great coaches. You give these coaches a month to prepare, and we've seen mm-hmm. a lot of crazy shit can happen. Uh, you give Urban Meyer a month. We saw how they blew the doors off Alabama before. Um, yeah. Anything can happen. So I'm not saying Washington's going to blow the doors off Alabama. I would be beyond that'd be bold, shocked. That'd be a bold statement. I, yeah, I'd be beyond shocked if they, <laughs> if they even win. Not not blow the doors. If they just win, I'd be beyond shocked. But don't, anything can happen. But um, so – if you were, are you into expansion or do you want to keep it at four for the playoffs? Um, I kind of think, I, I kind of think you have to expand. I thought when they first went to four, if they were going to go from two to anything else, why, why four? Why, why leave out the best team in a conference, in a power five conference? Um, it never kind of it didn't make sense to me when they went from two to four. I thought they should have gone from two to six or two to eight. And years like last year um, and the year before, when with you know the whole TCU um, Ohio State thing, and and this year with both Penn State and I, <laughs> Michigan, I guess they still did have an argument. Um, there, I mean, there's just a lot of teams, a lot of really good conference champion teams that are getting left out, and so I think. Um, honestly, I think you, in my ideal world, you completely take away the divisions and conferences, the best two teams record wise at the end of the year match up in their title game. Each conference champion from the power five schools gets an automatic berth. And then you have three at larges. Um, one could be spent on a team like Western Michigan. If there's an undefeated non Power five school, I think they should almost automatically get in just because that has to be rewarded. And if there's not, then you just have three at larges based on the end of the year rankings. Okay, so we're basically on the same page here. I like your format even yours is even more in depth than what I was thinking. I like I I really do like that idea of completely eliminating the divisions. The only thing is I think you have to have the divisions because the way these things are so screwed up already, unless they they unless they really fine tune the schedules, mm-hmm. um, because it's the only way they keep the rivalries. That's the they, oh, that's the problem. Yeah, they keep the rivalries, yeah. and then um, the big teams will never do it. But eliminating the the bye weeks that they have against like D three schools or whatever. Um, yeah, like and, the week uh, and, 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 schools. <laughs> yeah, and if you actually put another, you know, even if they keep the divisions. Yeah. Even just one more conference game could yeah. end up making a big difference in the rankings at the end of the year. Yeah, because I'd love it to be eight teams. And because, like, they have arguments where, well, we, and I, I understand some of the arguments. Like, okay, we can't expect our, our fans to tr- keep traveling to fill the stadiums and this. And I get a lot of that. It's tough mm-hmm. to keep, keep them traveling. Well, okay, the opening weekend, you get a home game. Mm-hmm. You don't have to travel. It's a, it's not a neutral site game. If you're one of the top four seats, you, it's a home game now. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You're rewarded. Um, but yes, the top five power conferences, you're in. The three remainings, one goes to the the power uh, the non power five undefeated, like a Western Michigan or whatever. If they qualified, I like that a lot. And then you go from there. Like you could add like a Michigan or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot because. You can't tell me that if you put Michigan in an 18 playoff right now, they couldn't have a chance to run the table. No, I don't think uh, you can tell anyone that. Yeah, I, I, I think there's there's a lot of good football to be played there, and I sure as hell would love to see it. If anything, just give me 60 more minutes of Jim Harbaugh going ape shit on the sidelines. I, <laughs> I, I think it would be amazing because that last Ohio State game was priceless. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was pretty funny. Even, even, even the post game. Did you see the post game? Um. I didn't stick around. I've, I've seen, I've seen, what are they called? GIFs? GIFs? Yeah. And Vines? But, but yeah. no, I didn't actually watch it. You know what's amazing? And it, it must be lucky because it's him. 
Most coaches, if they do that, get fined. I never heard he, him getting fined at all for that. I don't think he did, unless it was just no. not talked about. Yeah, because a lot of guys would have gotten fined so much for those comments, but not mm-hmm. not Tim Harwell. No. <laughs> That's impressive. Um, all right. So besides, you know, the playoffs and the uh, the major games, there are only, like, what, 75 college bowl games or something. And I'm, I'm, I know I'm off, but I'm just – off by a few probably. Um, we don't need to go over all of them, but do you have any that are catching your attention that are standing out as ones that are like must see TV for you? Um, yeah, I was actually looking at a couple of those the other day. Um, I think, uh, let's see, what was one of the ones that I was really looking forward to watching? Um, The oh my gosh, I'm completely linking right now. Oh, I'm I'm really excited to see. Uh, I can't. I don't know what the bowl is, but LSU against Louisville. Um, I think um, I think that could be really fun. Um, Citrus Bowl in Orlando. Yes, yeah, that's it. Um, in Orlando, I think. Uh, yeah, just kind of how we talked about. It, I think those are two of most people's. If they're not top ten, they're top fifteen for sure. And so that's a it's a big time matchup. Um. And I think, um, I, I think Orgeron can have a, can have an immediate validation of him getting the job if they go get that win against Louisville because they're going against probably potentially like the Heisman winner. Um, but that's gonna be that's gonna be a really good bowl. I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, and then another one that I am looking forward to is actually your team, Wisconsin. I'm really looking forward to the Cotton Bowl. Yep. Um, for for Western Michigan, Wisconsin, a lot of people think it's going to be an absolute demolition. I'm not so I sure. Um, no, nope. I uh, I think I think I think Western Michigan can put up a really good fight. I think they've proved that while you know the Mac's not one of the top conferences, even even going undefeated in a subpar conference is something that's not easy to do. It's just not easy to go undefeated no matter who you play. Um, no. and and the Mac so think, the Mac. Is- and the Mac is like the Big Ten junior. They play us every year. Yeah, yeah. And I they, think, you know, Wisconsin showed a, vulner- a vulnerability to the pass. Um, and so I know Western Michigan can be a run-heavy team, but they also got a guy that can throw it. And so I just think it's going to be a pretty good matchup. And then obviously um, the two teams that had, a, I mean, a Penn State and, and USC in the Rose Bowl, um, probably everyone's going to talk about that one. And then another one, um, the last one I'll talk about is definitely going to be the Sugar Bowl. It's definitely going to be Auburn against Oklahoma. Uh, we're going to, I think uh, Oklahoma um, is one of those teams that has a really good argument for an eight-team expansion because I think they should be playing um, in a playoff setup. And Auburn, um, when they made that change, they really started playing well. Um, and I think I do think Oklahoma is going to win. Um, I think I think Big Bang. Big game, Bob finally gets over that bad reputation, but I think that's going to be actually a really fun one to watch. Yeah, that should be exciting. Uh, the Rose Bowl, definitely looking forward to that one. I will be drunk at a bar in Dallas because I purchased my tickets to the Cotton Bowl today, so I'll be flying in the day before for that one. Oh, nice. Um, that'll be happening, so I'll probably watch Wisconsin lose in person. Um, <laughs> um but uh, some of the ones prior to those that are kind of intriguing, I'm looking forward to – I might try to swing it because I could probably get tickets super cheap up here in Santa Clara, that Foster Farms Bowl, Indiana yeah. versus Utah. I want to yeah. see how Indiana bounces back without their coach now because Indiana – I was talking with Doc about this. I was really big on Indiana. They've been making really good strides, looking really solid. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see how they – they operate without Wilson, who is apparently a world-class piece of shit. Um, so I'm curious I to see tell that. You about that. Well, uh, all the reports that have come out about uh, that deal, and um, and then um, Utah, they are either hot or cold. But if they're hot, that could be a really exciting game. And then yeah, uh, they are. They're, they're pretty cold, yeah. And then the Cactus Bowl, Baylor, Boise State. I am very curious to see what – because uh, Baylor's new head coach already is talking a lot of talk, and I'm quite curious to see how that one plays out. Yep, but uh, there's, a lot, 
a lot of interesting early games as well. But bowl season, there'll be a lot of talk about bowl season coming up. Um, ton, tons and tons and tons of bowl games all kicking off. She's today is this 10 days away. We love bowl games starting in 10 days and then every day to whet your appetite. Can't wait for that. Yep. All right. This and Saturday night, one, New York. Sorry, last one. Um, yeah. it's not a big, not a big name bowl, but, um, Memphis and Western Kentucky. Looking forward Ooh, to that one. That, awesome. I, I, I love points, especially in bowl games, and I think we are going to get a show there. The, the over-under, like 145? <laughs> At least 85. <laughs> That's, that is going to be like – it's going to be like Tecmo Bowl. Yep. <laughs> That'll be – they weren't the two that faced off in the Bahamas Bowl, was it, that got in the fight? Or is that I, Western Kentucky USF? It might uh, – it was one of those two teams. Uh, yeah, it was one of those two teams, that's for sure. Okay. Well, hopefully it doesn't happen this year, but that was entertaining. <laughs> All right, yeah. this Saturday night, the Heisman Trophy is getting handed out, and it might be the worst set of finalists I have ever seen just because I say that only because the one everyone's saying is going to win, to me, is the biggest joke I have ever seen. And I'm pretty sure you're on board with my opinions on this. Mm-hmm. and. Most people I talk to are on board with this as well. But right now, it's uh, finalists are Lamar Jackson of Louisville, Dee Dee Westbrook, Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma, Jabril Peppers from Michigan, and I am blanking on the last Watson. one. I just yeah, Deshaun Watson. How am I freaking that? Right now, everyone is saying Lamar Jackson is doing it, and I don't know how because he was horrible against Wake or horrible against Duke. He lost to Navy, I believe, and no, not Navy. But more importantly, more importantly, lest anyone forget, his last game of the season, the last memory anyone should have of this man that you want to hoist the greatest individual trophy you can have in college football as a 27-point home favorite to his rival Kentucky Wildcats, who is, let me remind you, a basketball program, not a football program, he lost at home. Mm-hmm. Cannot be the Heisman Trophy winner. That was that might have been the SEC's biggest win this year was Kentucky yeah. in Louisville. <laughs> and I'm totally on board. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where I, I think Heisman winners get crowned late October, early November, and it sucks because. Three lost quarterbacks, I want to say, since, like, 1990. I think Tim Tebow's the only one to ever win the Heisman. And, I mean, he, I think he deserved to win it the year that he did when he had three losses. But I, get, I don't look at Lamar Jackson as a Heisman Trophy winner. But I also don't look at any of the other finalists as Heisman Trophy winners either. That's the problem. So, it's I, – I think – I think Watson has the best case – against him. I don't think I would ever, ever even consider voting for a Deshaun Watson, but as the one loss as a one loss quarterback um, of the, what are they now, the number two ranked team in the country? Yep. Um, you know, he's he's got to be up there in consideration at least. Um, struggled, struggled real bad early. They almost lost to Troy. They should have lost to NC State if a kicker would have made, what, a 27-yard field goal that they would have lost to NC State, um, almost gave it away to Virginia Tech. Um, he did make some plays to keep them in it, big plays, but almost gave it away to Virginia Tech. And it's just none of the resumes scream Heisman winner, um, especially especially not Jabril Preppers. I don't care what people say about him. He ranked horribly in the Big Ten amongst all statistics. Like that that one play that probably got him on the voting with that one-handed pick might have been the only good play he made all year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I I have no idea how he won Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, and I don't know how he's getting invited to New York. It's I no, no idea. Yep. It it it's bad. It's almost like uh, it's almost like they need to give this. They almost need to rename this year's award. It's like the top highlight of the year award because. All Lamar Jackson did. I'm not trying to say he's not a good football player because he is, but um, he was just such a like a human highlight reel, especially early in the season. 
And so everyone mm-hmm. remembers that, but they forget. Yeah. He was shut down by um, Houston on national Just television on a Thursday mm-hmm. night. Do people forget yeah, on primetime television? He was shut down on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yep. like that's the time. That's the night you win the Heisman. Yeah, you go out there on the road and you put on a show. That's mm-hmm. how you win the Heisman. Yeah, and like, that's how. Yeah, that's that's when you win the Heisman. You win the Heisman by, I think Houston was still ranked pretty highly at that point. You win the Heisman by putting Houston out. You win the Heisman by. Um, they should 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 be in a keyword. They didn't, but they should have beaten Clemson if that guy knew where the first down was and would have dove. They would have beaten Clemson. But you win the game against Clemson, you win the game against Houston, and then you don't lose to Kentucky. And that's how you win the Heisman. And yeah, that, that, yeah. Kentucky was the final nail. Yeah, I mean, people's minds were made up when he had, I want to say through four weeks, he had more total touchdowns than incomplete passes. And so I think that's when people's minds were made up. And since then, he just hasn't done anything to help his case. But... He was, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't find his games to watch because they weren't on TV. But when you saw highlights on Sports Center, you'd see him doing crazy things in the beginning of the year, and that's why he's going to win. Yeah, no, and that's the crazy part about it. Like, is he's going to win, and I just don't get it. But maybe it's just it's that kind of year. Um, Doc made a great argument for Hertz from Alabama. He's, I, I he he's, I think he should be the Heisman winner, and I don't yeah. think. No one, no one, maybe except for Doc, will agree with me. But you know, when you're yeah. uh, their defense, obviously, is probably one of the greatest defenses ever assembled. But if you're an undefeated quarterback, I don't care if you hand the ball off every single play. If you're an undefeated quarterback, you've got to be in the conversation. Yeah, and it took me a, it took me a while, but I sat and listened to his argument. He reeled off a lot of valid valid things, and then he had me at by the end. And then I've looked into it since then, and I'm on board. I. Totally agree. I looked at, I looked even more. Um, I always screw up the guy's name. It's Cole Kubelik or whatever. He's sideline reporter for ESPN, SEC. He, uh, he's the one that interviewed Tom Herman pregame and got mm-hmm. busted for asking questions. Um, he's, I think he tweeted today or yesterday that Alabama's running backs had a hole of rush for like rushed the ball two or 300 times, 250 or 300 times this season. Jalen Hurts has rushed like 120. So he has like a third. I mean, he uh, he was maybe maybe not as many total touchdowns that Tebow had um, when he was at Florida, but he also the thing about the thing about Hertz is he didn't put up crazy stats. I mean, he didn't, but he didn't ever lose games for his team. Like he didn't do dumb things in a critical moment, and that's what Lamar Jackson's done. That's what Baker Mayfield did. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson really Watson. didn't make terrible decisions, but I mean, he, he, yeah, he doesn't, he's not going to blow you away. His highlight reels isn't going to make you just go, Oh my gosh, this guy's freaking incredible. But at the end of the day, he was undefeated and he didn't really have terrible turnovers in bad spots. He did what was asked of him mm-hmm. and people forget he's a true freshman, true freshman. Yeah. And he did it in the SEC. Mm-hmm. I, I, the fact he didn't even get an invite shocked me. Yeah, but I, um, he so, probably would have finished so last. He probably would have finished last in the voting. But you got to take him over Jabril Peppers. You have to. Yeah, or at least one of the Oklahoma guys because yeah. they're just going to split. They're going to split votes anyways. Yeah, and I mean, come, like, okay, a team, a team that doesn't even make it into the playoffs, you can't have two of those players on the Heisman ballot. Yeah, yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I don't even. I'd love to know how that that balloting process even got taken care of. I'm just lost on that whole thing. Yeah, if you're gonna go off stats, freaking get a get Mahomes from Texas Tech in there. That's a Heisman quarterback, if any of them are. Yeah, or or hell, it's um, yeah, Mahomes stats. Good God, <laughs> but um, or what about uh, Pumphrey from San Diego State? Yeah, or the Western Kentucky or he, quarterback, or the or a player yeah. on Western Michigan. They're undefeated too. Somebody. Or like I was telling Doc a week ago, um, get Foreman, the running back from Texas. He has over two thousand yards rushing. Oh, he he is a beat. He should be Absolutely. the best, the top running back taken. I think. Yeah, I mean not top. I, sorry, I, I, sorry, not not ahead of Fournette. 
because I I, it, I just saw him. One of the top. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a first round talent. I mean, running backs usually come in waves, but he's he's no Fournette. Sorry, I completely forgot that he was going to the draft, but he's yeah. he's up there. He's good. Yeah, no, that's all. I I brought him up last week as a a dark horse that people need to pay attention to because that guy week in and week out for him. Yeah. Texas team was amazing. Yeah, he. Oh gosh, that team was awful, and he was a, a really really good. Everybody knew he was getting the ball and did not matter. Mm-hmm. But okay, I think we could sit and do this all day, but um, <laughs> which we probably could. But let's get going. Um, not only college football, but we will go NFL. And one of the big, big reasons we brought Duncan on this podcast is his team is running away with the NFC. So I wanted to give him a chance to talk about his boys. How about them, Cowboys? Duncan? How about them, Cowboys? Um, not as Bayless says it, because he is one of the worst people um, out there. He is not a Cowboys fan. I will, I will. I do not think he's a Cowboys fan. But how about them, Cowboys? Yeah, there um, you go. They, uh, man, they. I did not see this coming. I think most Cowboys fans are going to be realistic and say they just did not see this coming. I thought Dak would do pretty well, just because um, people forget they didn't have the best year last year, but two years ago. Mississippi State was three yards away from beating Alabama and retaining the number one ranked team in the nation behind Dak Prescott. They were, I think they was fourth and goal on the three, maybe fourth and goal on the two to win the game against Alabama. And they got stopped. But that would have been, I think they would have been 9-0 and and they would have obviously been the number one ranked team. And so, you know, last year... A, a lot of players from that team left and Mississippi state wasn't that good, but Dak still put up numbers. And so I was fairly confident that he could at least, you know, Romo is going to be out eight to 10 weeks. And so I thought he could at least go four and four, five and three, something like that. Um, but this, this has just been beyond anything that I could have ever hoped or asked for. And the crazy part is um, he might have a hiccup here or there, but I don't see it getting too out of hand anytime soon do you uh um, what, what's your what's your what's your realistic expectations not not postseason just the rest of the season the next to, through week 17 what's your realistic expectations the rest of the season for the for, uh, for the regular season um so i've been for a few weeks now um in a couple of the group chats that i'm in i've been saying that dallas is going to go 13 and 3 um even before they were nine and one, ten and one, eleven and one, I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I thought they were going to go thirteen and three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they are going to beat the Giants this weekend. Um, that something something's just off about that team. They, you know, they lost. They were eight and three, and then they lost to go eight and four. But as an eight and three team, I can't remember a, a worse eight and three team in the NFL than I've seen from the Giants this year. Something's just weird about them. Like I did, I don't know how they won as many games as they did. And my bold prediction is that they are going to finish eight and eight and not make the playoffs. Um, but that being said, I do think we're going to beat um, the Giants. I think the home game against the Bucks is actually going to be a tough game. Um, the Bucks have been road warriors and Winston has been able to, to do, if he's not playing a top five defense, he does pretty well. Um, and Dallas doesn't have a top five defense. So I think they're going to be able to put up points. Um, I do think they'll be able to win that game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than most people think and probably what the spread is going to be. And then after that, so I think they will be 13 and one. And then I think they're going to actually end up resting a lot of people the last two weeks. I know they say they're not going to Jerry and all them say they're just going to let them play. But you know, when you have two rookies who have carried the team, You've been having injuries, even across the offensive line. You've lost one starter earlier in the year. Tyron Smith was out for a little bit. They don't want that unit to lose anyone going forwards. They want the offensive line to be healthy. And Dez has had his history with injuries, and so you don't want to risk Dez getting hurt. And so they may not, but I kind of hope that they rest some players. Um, I don't know what you do with Romo. Maybe you play him those last two games, but then if he absolutely lights it up, that's a whole new argument so I think Dak is tough and strong enough and tough enough not to get hurt even if you're resting other players um or even you can even play Sanchez I mean if you just don't want to completely take the risk 
with Romo going for like six touchdowns and and making a case for himself. I th- I do think they're going to play Dak, but then I think some of the players on the defense like they already have so many people out. And I don't think they could take any more injuries, to be honest, especially not someone like Sean Lee or, um, or Justin Duran or anyone like that. So I think they're going to finish 13-3. and three. Um, Don't know how they'll get there. I think they're going to go win-win, loss-loss to finish, though. See, the defense I could see resting in someone like the Des Bryants, Wittens of the world and whatnot, maybe even Zeke, because you lose Zeke and Huta. That could be just- I mean, yeah, you, and you still have Alfred Morris and, um, uh, and, and some other really good running backs behind – behind Zeke and so you're not really like you're losing a lot because it's Zeke but like you know Alfred Morris I think had the most rushing yards first three years in the NFL so yeah true but yeah that my biggest question was how much do you risk playing Tony Tony going off and then you let that Dallas media take over and just let the birds chirp given the the press conference Tony Romo had was one of the most professional things I have ever witnessed, the most class act things I have ever seen an athlete do when he came out and literally just put it out there that it's Dak's team. I'm here to help. Like that was amazing. Like no Mm -hmm. player has ever done, at least that I've witnessed has come out and done that. It had to be great for Dak to see. Cause you can, you can say all that behind the scenes, but until a player does that, the media is not going to shut up. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was amazing. Um, so given if Tony were to go off, Tony could easily just do something like that again. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, the Dallas media, ESPN, all that stuff would run with that. Um, yeah. And, and that the, I think the, the most impressive and probably the hardest thing about that press conference was that he shouldn't have been put in that situation to begin with. There should have been Jerry or Jason or someone should have, had that press conference already and said, look, Dak's our guy. We're going to go forward, Dak. They just kept, oh, you know, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We're going to ride the hot hand, blah, blah, blah. And then I think, uh, I think, I think Romo at the end of the day, obviously super, super hard for him to do because any guy who's been the starting quarterback for almost 10 years um, doesn't want to lose that job. And so I think that was one of the hardest things that he's ever had to do, but I think he could just, you know, it's a, it's a rookie and, you know, they listen, they probably listen to more things than veterans do. They probably read their Twitter timeline when veterans don't, they probably listen to beat reporters reports when they get mentioned. And so I think it was, you could just tell it was going to weigh on him. And so he just did what he had to do and very professional. Um, you could see the emotion, um, that he was, he didn't want to be there. He did not want to be doing that press conference, but he knew he had to. Um, and so, I think even if they do play Romo, um, maybe the media takes over, but I think everyone at the end of the day knows that come playoff time, it's going to be Dak that's going to be under center. No, that's true. That's true. Okay, the year Zeke's having, it's crazy. I'm pretty sure unless something insane happens, and I hope it doesn't, he's going to get the rookie of the year. Does he double dip and get MVP as well? Um. I mean, that's, yeah, that's tough. Um, I think he's obviously the clear favorite to win to win rookie of the year. I don't think Dak should be overlooked in that conversation either because of how good Zeke is and has been. The, that's I mean, what I'm wondering. That's Dak, what I'm wondering. They, Dak, might, they, might do the, they might do the MVP to Zeke and the rookie of the year to Dak, do a little. Yeah, or, yeah, I mean, they could, who knows what's going to happen, but, I mean, just – the not even the stats because I mean stats never tell the whole story but watching the way that Dak has played in big pressure situations you know just gotten sacked third and 17 and he throws like an 18 yard pass for first down it's just been he's read um gotten his protection he's audibled and it's just been really 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 impressive and while he probably won't win rookie of the year and he probably won't win MVP I think he should be a serious candidate for both. I do think Zeke is going to win the rookie of the year. And then in terms of MVP, um, you know, guys like guys like Matt Ryan, um, quarterbacks are usually going to have a better argument, I think, for MVP than running backs will. So like Matt Ryan, if the Raiders finish 13-3 and three or better, I think Carr would win over Zeke. If they fall off at all, I think Zeke has it over Carr. 
Um, but if the Falcons win out and Ryan plays well, um, if the Raiders either win out or, you know, finish 13-3, and three, I think Carr's going to get it. Or even someone, you know, I think someone who's probably having a top three season this year is Matt Stafford. He has been incredible. Um, and he and he may – yeah, yeah. He's – I mean, he's been crazy. The, the Lions have, except for last week, they trailed in the fourth quarter of every game. Yeah. And they're winning their division. And so I think he's he's just having a tremendous season as well. I think he's touchdown interception ratio is like twenty five and four or twenty five and five or something. It's it's pretty incredible. Very unmatched Stafford like, that's for darn sure. Yeah. Um, and he's fast. Right. He scrambled for some first downs and he's outrun linebackers. Yeah, he's looking he's looking crazy good. This I think year. he's cut some weight because he was kinda chubby the last couple of years and I think he's I think yeah. he's slimmed down a little bit. Yes, I think you're right. I think he figured something out in the offseason, and it has changed. All right. Okay, so 13-3 and regular season likely gives your Cowboys home field advantage. Give me the postseason prediction. Um, even during this big Dallas run, I kind of always have thought it's Seattle's to lose this year in the NFC. Um, losing Earl Thomas doesn't help. Cam Chancellor still kind of banged up. And so if those two guys are out, I may change my mind. But I do think even still it's it's Seattle to lose. I think it's going to be Seattle-Dallas in the NFC Championship game. And even if it's in Dallas, I think Seattle will just have – I mean, they have the experience. They have – I mean, their defense is just absolutely incredible. They have Russell Wilson. Um, you know, it looks like Rawls is finally starting to come into his own, um, coming, coming off injury. He looks great. The offensive line is a worry, but matched up against Dallas, Dallas has – they don't have a pass rush. They have the opposite of a pass rush, and so that's not really a concern. And so I think matchup-wise, Seattle just matches up really well against anyone, but especially against Dallas. And so I think um, – I do think if it came to it, Seattle would probably win the division. But that being said, they do have to get past potentially someone like a Detroit or a Green Bay or – um, if somehow Atlanta doesn't win the division, they could end up finding a way to get matched up with Atlanta. They could still get matched up with some pretty good teams that could challenge them. And so um, it could be Seattle-Dallas. It probably should be, but I guess we'll never know until it happens. Okay, so you're looking at potentially Seattle-Dallas NFC title games, what you're thinking, and you're thinking uh, for some other playoff teams in the NFC, maybe Atlanta, Detroit, what two other teams are you looking at there? Um, so I am looking at well, – let me find my, my notes real quick from that. I'm looking at um, obviously Dallas to win the NFC East. Um, Detroit, you know, I think they their advantage isn't going to – I think they're going to be able to hold on to win the NFC North. Um, I do think Atlanta does end up winning the NFC South. Um, kind of looking at their – looking at their schedule um, – they get the Rams and the 49ers are their next two games. Um, and then the Panthers and the Saints to finish off. And so I think they can find a way to finish that three and one and go 10 and six. Um, and the Bucks, they have the Saints, the Cowboys, the Saints again. So they're probably going to go two and two, whereas the Falcons were going to go three and one. Um, so I think they're going to hold on. Obviously Seattle, I think I've, I've already won their division. So I think the, 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 Wildcard teams are going to be the Bucks and the Packers. Um, I think the Giants are going to find a way to blow it, and I think Green Bay is going to find a way to finish nine and seven, like the Bucks, and the Giants are going to finish eight and eight. Oh, yeah, I like that. I can see it. I can get on board with that. What do you got in the AFC? Um, AFC. Um, I'm pretty sure the Patriots have already wrapped up their division. Um, if they haven't. Um, it's going to come soon. So obviously the Patriots are going to win the AFC East. Um, I do still think the Steelers are going to win the AFC North. Um, I think they're tied right now with the Ravens, um, but and I think they're going to hold on. I do think the Ravens are going to get into the playoffs. I think both those teams are going to get into the playoffs, but I think the Steelers are going to win the division. Um, the AFC South is going to be fun. Um, three teams at six and six, but even when the Colts were like two and a half games back and Andrew Luck was currently out, um, I always had the Colts coming back to win that division. Um, that's I think that's just going to happen. And then out west, 
Oh, that's going to be tough. Um, I thought Denver were going to actually beat the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago, and then it would have been a lot more interesting. Um, but I think whoever wins the game tomorrow night in that division wins it. Win and even up the record. They, I think they own the tiebreakers, and I think they would go on to win the division if the Raiders win. Obviously, they'd have a two-game advantage or three games to play. Probably not going to blow it. Yeah, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy because I think Pittsburgh and Baltimore are both gonna get in, so I think that would take the Broncos or Chiefs just epic collapse to not make it, and I kind of think it could happen. Um, but it's gonna be tough. I could see both AFC West teams getting both the wild card spots. Yeah, it, uh, I, I see the Chiefs and the Raiders getting in. Uh, the Broncos are the wild are the are the Wild card for the wild card, if I say it the mm-hmm. right way, there uh, yeah. for that sixth spot. Because uh, mm-hmm. I just their quarterback, their quarterback situation just scares the crap out of me. It's just so yeah. bad and so inconsistent that I know the defense is so good, but my goodness, uh, yeah. Leaves, if, leaves if, if Lynch, if Lynch has an extended run at quarterback, the Broncos are not going to make it. Zero percent chance the Broncos make it if Lynch stays in. If Simeon's yeah. able to come back. Um, some people don't like him. I think he's actually done pretty well this year. Um, I think they find a way to win two more games to finish ten and six if if Simeon's the quarterback. And if they get to ten and six, they'll get in. Yep. Yeah, because you know, both that would mean both Baltimore and Pittsburgh would have to go three and one or better to finish out. I don't think they're both going to do that. No, no, because well, for one, I think they play each other at least once, so that knocks one loss right there. So that means. Yeah, I mean, so you know, no matter what the yeah. other time. So yeah. So Baltimore has yeah. New England, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati to finish. They're not going to go three and one in that stretch. That's just not going to happen. So I rescind my previous statement as saying the Ravens are going to get in. I don't think they will. Yeah, there you go. There's your sign. All right, <laughs> we got a little more to go. Our college basketball is kicking, and it's about a little over a month into the season. Duncan is a big college basketball guy, especially when it comes to Duke. Duke. Coach and Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, they're starting to slowly get healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, big, big win last night, I believe it was. Um, early thoughts on Duke's start to the season? I think the biggest takeaway has been uh, Luke Kennard. That guy has been absolutely incredible. He's got to be averaging close to 30 points a game, and that's with – you know, with the new freshman coming in the last two games, and and with you know he was he was a jump shooter last year, but but um, he looks a lot bigger. Like it looks like he put in some work in the off season in the weight room because his I think his arms have doubled in size. Like he's gotten he's gotten big and strong, um, and so they're they're winning with Allen with Grayson Allen not being a hundred percent. He's I think he's been hurt the whole season, but just playing kind of because he has to. Like if he doesn't play especially when all three of their freshmen were coming in, um, they just didn't have a point guard. And so I think he just had to, you know, sack up and get through it. And he hasn't been playing very well. He's been struggling, but, um, you know, the team just being there, um, you know, with you can, if you can send a guy like um, Matt Jones or, you know, Emil Jefferson t- to the bench for a few minutes and not have to worry um, when other people come in to replace them, that's pretty good. Um, and so they're going to be, um, I think they're going to be just fine. I think they're going to, they're definitely going to get a one seed. I don't know if it'll be the one seed just because I don't know health wise, you know, maybe some players have to sit some games out and they, and they maybe lose a couple, but, um, I definitely think they're the team to beat this year. Um, I wasn't sure coming in when you bring in like a Calipari style, three, four big freshman names, how it's going to turn out but I think it's going to turn out pretty well. Um, and so I think, I think they're going to be just fine. Um, I know they, they've been having so many guys hurt and, uh, and they, they slowly, they're slowly getting them back. Um, I believe Giles is the big man that they're waiting for now. Mm-hmm. Um, when is he due back? Um, I think it's still a few weeks away. Um, okay. But 
I I just I don't know I don't know if if he's actually going to play this year. Um, exactly. You, I keep reading words. <laughs> I mean, he's you just you just never know. Um, I think he could play when ACC play starts up, but yeah, I mean, you could potentially risk millions upon millions upon millions of dollars um, if yep. you re-injure yourself and it's bad, and so. He may not play. I hope he does because I think he's going to be a stud because he is a stud. But even even with the potential top three draft pick out, um, I think Allen will be healthy enough. I think it's some sort of toe or planner or something in his foot that's going on right now. So I think he'll get over that. Um, Tatum's starting to look pretty good. He was pulling some. He was pulling some some honestly some NBA moves last night um, in that win. It was. Some of the moves he was putting down on the low post were just absolutely incredible. Um, so, Jefferson's a stud. He's had a double-double almost every game this year. Allen will get healthy. Kennard's playing out of his skin. and I mean, if Giles does come back or if that other big freshman they have in gets better, you know, if you have a guy like Matt Jones coming off the bench, that's not too bad. So Kennard was going bananas last night. I was seeing it all on Twitter. There's vines. There's all kinds of good stuff about him. And I wasn't able to watch the game. And I'm basically living it through. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm seeing he's Mr. Trash Talking 101. First question I have, is that what he usually does or is this like a first-time offense? Are you talking about Luke? Yeah. Is he usually a trash talker? Yeah, I think it's uh, posted. I forget who posted. Um, it was some something on Twitter um, that – um, like Luke Kennard has taken over the the white guy that everyone likes to hate on Duke's mantle. Um, <laughs> that, I don't know if that was out of out of necessity because Allen was hurt and he couldn't really show off. And Luke's like, well, I guess I got to do it. And after he started doing it, he just started talking mad shit. But um, it's it's pretty it's pretty funny to see. I mean, you have the the legacy, uh, you know, the Leitners and the Reddicks, and now that's, the Allens and everyone. And, Okay, that's what I was wondering because I've never seen his face on the TV before doing no. doing this. I'm like, is this the new guy that I have to hate? Is, is this? Yeah, the, you gotta. There's always I, there's always a white guy on Duke that you have to hate. Exactly, JJ Redick. I've seen Grayson Allen everywhere. I know these faces. I've never seen this one, and I'm trying to figure <laughs> out is it for the next three to four months, is this my guy? Um, maybe. Yeah. Okay. yeah maybe. I'm okay with it. I'm just checking. Yeah, um, I'm good. With it. I, I just yep. need to get. To, I, I just need to make sure I learn how to spell his name correctly when I tweet it out over and over again. Um, uh, I think it's two ends. I'm pretty sure. Two ends. Okay. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Um, all right. So you got Duke as a one seed. Um, I know talking to a lot of guys. There's the last few years, and especially this year, a lot of people are already saying there's going to be a lot of uh, parity, a lot of really good teams, and a lot of just a lot can happen. Like who knows what's going to happen. You got your Kentuckys that you know they're going to be there in the end. Um, yeah. But uh, who else do you think's going to make that final four run with the Dukes and Kentuckys? Um, as impossible as it is to probably win back to back, I think you got to put Villanova in that conversation. Um, I, I think they're at least going to make an elite eight run again. Um, possibly to probably, possibly to probably getting back into the final four. Um, so I think it's going to be a Duke, a Kentucky, a Villanova. Um, obviously, you know, you could say North Carolina. Um, I don't, I don't know if they have the, the normal amount of like NBA style talent that they have in the past. Um, I think they would have enough to be super competitive and probably make a deep run. I'm not sure about a final four run. Um, and then I think there's going to be a team, a really, really surprising team, uh, as per usual, make the Final Four this year. Um, I, I really like Purdue. I think they have put a really good team together. Um, I want to say their only two losses were to Nova and maybe Louisville by like three and four points or something. And so I think they've, you know, I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. Um, I think. Maybe one of the smaller schools, like maybe St. Mary's, um, you know, they're always a team that like to cover spreads, um, which is good for most of us. But I think 
I think they actually have a pretty good team put together um, to make a decent enough run. And then, um, yeah, outside of that, you know, I think it's going to be your normal big name teams. Oh, and Virginia. I think I think Virginia is going to be just as good as they were last year. I don't think they lost too much, and that defense is just absolutely suffocating. Very nice. Very nice. Um, we'll wrap it up with this one uh, last college basketball question. Um, early on, and a lot of teams early in the season because losses don't really affect you too much now, so they're they're working on things. One might say, mm-hmm. um, "What's kind of maybe the biggest disappointment you've seen that like more surprising disappointment that you think might actually be more of a long lasting thing that they're not going to bounce back from that you've seen so far in the season." Um, long-lasting disappointment. Like maybe it's maybe it's a team like uh, you thought was going to be good, and then they started out so bad that you they're really not going to be good, or something like that. Uh, well, okay. In terms of that, I didn't think they were going to be good, but I, UConn is just an absolute travesty right now. I mean, that program has completely and totally tanked, and it's only taken them two years to do it. It's 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 kind of sad how far they've fallen actually, um, because it's just it's just not good. It's not good at all. And they're they're terrible. Um, but outside of that, I think uh, you know maybe amongst some of the, like the the ranked teams as well. I think I think it may not be terrible, but I, I think um, a team like Florida, they competed decently against Duke, but I think. You know, I think Florida is going to – they'll be all right because they're in the SEC. They'll lose a couple times to Kentucky. may have close games against A&M or something. But I think a team like Florida is really going to struggle. I could see a first-round exit from the tournament from a Florida-type team. Um, I think Iowa State is going to struggle a little more than normal. Um, they lost some good players last year. And I think I just don't think they're going to quite live up to the billing, like the top ten rankings that they've been showing out over the last few years. Um, and then outside of that, uh, Baylor has been incredible. They have, they're probably the most surprising team so far this year, but I don't see it lasting too long. Um, especially come big 12 play just because the big 12 is the most loaded I've ever seen in college basketball conference. I mean, you can look at a team like Texas, they may be the worst team in the big 12. Wow. Like, that's how good the Big 12 – Texas, Texas Tech. I mean, that, that, that's how good the Big 12 is this year, that a team like Texas could be the worst team in the Big 12. So the Big 12, it's, it's that loaded this year, but is Kansas still that far above everybody else? I, or, 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 is, or, or is their run going to finally come to an end? I think they are still pretty much that far ahead of everyone else. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oklahoma's going to – I mean, Oklahoma's going to challenge. Um, Baylor's going to be really tough. West Virginia, um, I think they won by like seventy points tonight, so they're going to be they're going to be a tough team. Um, and then even the smaller schools, like a, a road games in at TCU or at Texas Tech, those aren't going to be easy wins for Kansas. And so, while I think talent wise, they're still kind of head and shoulders above the rest of the most competitive league in the country. Um, they could probably they're probably going to finish with more losses than normal this year. But I still do think they win at least the Big 12 regular season. Maybe not the Big 12 tournament, but I still do think they win the Big 12 regular season. Well, that is outstanding. Good to hear. Well, Duncan, we covered a lot. College football, NFL, college basketball. Mm-hmm. Anything else Anything else you'd like to add before we uh, we call it a night? Um, man, that was a lot of that. That was a lot of content. Um, yeah, that was good stuff. A lot of good stuff there. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only thing that we didn't talk about, and I'm sure you're going to do this on some episodes coming up, uh, would be um, like MLB offseason stuff. Um, you know, it's been bananas. I don't, I don't know too much about other teams, but I do know the Astros got some good players coming in. Um, I do still think they need one more pitcher. I don't know who it's going to be, but I do think they need one more to be a serious contender. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, and um, I will have you back on here. We'll shoot for sometime maybe in January when uh, the playoffs. We'll talk Cowboys playoffs, maybe some college basketball conference tourney stuff, mm-hmm. and maybe by then, maybe by then your Astros will uh, will be ready for spring training, and we'll uh, we'll get yeah. things 
we'll get things rocking and rolling, and uh, we'll, we'll do it again. How's that sound? Sounds good. They got Charlie Morton, but I think they're going to need more than that. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be too confident if that's the final move. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, Duncan. Thanks for joining. And uh, everybody, that was Duncan. You can find him on Twitter at PowerD underscore picks. Check us out at the Sports DJs, thesportsdgens.com. This is Bench with Bubba, episode 12. We will catch you next time. Thanks again.